everybody. Let's come on in. If you are still in the foyer, come on in. And let's come into the Lord's presence. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you, God, for this awesome, wonderful day. Right now, God, there's just so many things that are going on in the world right now. There's so many curveballs that have just been thrown our way, whether it's in the world, whether it's in our personal lives, God. But we choose to say, blessed be your name. And so we come into your presence and we say, blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we praise you, God, for all that you are and all that you're going to do. Thank you, God. Amen. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. There is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, we've already won.
Word creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry from north to south and east to west we'd seen christ be magnified were the whole earth echoing his eminence his name would burst from sea and sky from rivers to the mountain tops, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Sing, Christ be magnified. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let His praise arise. Christ be magnified. In Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. When every creature, when every creature finds its inmost melody, and every human heart its native cry. Oh, then in one and raptured him of praise, we'd seen Christ be magnified. Be magnified. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified. Christ be 
sing that again, church. Come on. our prayer this morning God that that whatever comes out of us in our lives is is that we magnify you that the altar of my life that when people observe my life the thing that they observe is that I live to give you glory Lord that's why we're here this morning just to give you the glory. Church, we're going to make some time here to um, give some time to the offering portion of our service. We've got our buckets up here at the front. You can feel free to bring your offering up here at any point during this next song. Um, during the fellowship break, you can put it in the green box at the back of the room. You can put it in the green box by the front door. We have the app. We have the website. We have all these different ways that you can give. And I usually always have a little bit, little tidbit here, but um, I was telling Pastor Lee this, this story right before service. And yesterday, uh, on Saturdays, when they uh, they test out the the tornado sirens. And I've told a story kind of like this before where when they test the tornado sirens, um, Gatsby, our 10-year-old German shepherd, will like throw his head back and howl like he's a wolf or something. And I've said before like that's when every creature finds its inmost melody and every human heart its native cry. Like my dog is a dog, obviously. We know that dogs and and, and uh, like coyotes and wolves and all that stuff kind of have that similar ancestry. And so there's this kind of primal thing that comes out of him when those sirens go off and he hears that howling noise, he'll just kind of throw his head back and howl because that's, that's what's in him. And I've said before that like Christ be magnified when we say our inmost melody and our native cry, like that's what I mean. And this is not that story this time. Yesterday <laughs> when the, when the sirens were going off, Nick's, um, one of our little two-year-old twin boys he looks over at me and they've they don't have a whole lot of memories of these things going off they've slept through them usually and so now that they're a little older and they're they've noticed that these things start going off and it starts going off and um Gatsby is in the other part of the house and he's howling and all he knows is like a bunch of noises just started happening so he looks over at me and he goes uh-oh and I'm looking at him I'm like it's just they're testing it it's fine like nothing's wrong and he's like uh-oh and he keeps saying, uh-oh, and he goes and he grabs his stuffed Pooh Bear, and he, he comes and he sits in my lap, and he's, he's a very sensitive boy. He's very sensory, and when things are kind of going on, he kind of gets panicked. And he came over, and he sat in my lap, and he wasn't really panicking, but he, he was nervous. His, like, I could feel, I was patting his back, and I could feel his little heartbeat just kind of going, and I knew he was nervous, and he, but he just kept saying, uh-oh, 
And he'd sit in my lap and he'd just say, uh-oh. And I'd tell him, no, it's okay. And like, and I was telling Pastor Lee, like, it's crazy how much parenthood, even just being two and a half years into it at this point, how much that opens you up to God's perspective, just a little bit of it. Because obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now and there's a lot of perfectly acceptable reasons to be nervous. There's a lot of perfectly acceptable reasons to be kind of, uh-oh, look at God and uh-oh, and God's, you know, he's going to do what I, what I had to do to Nix and just say, Every, nothing's wrong. Everything is actually fine. Like, this is a, they're testing the equipment to make sure that when something does go wrong, we're, we're prepared. And as someone who personally deals with a lot of that kind of, you know, anxiety seems like a really scary word for it, but um, isn't that awesome <laughs> that we serve a God who's like, everything is fine. It's okay to be nervous. Come, come sit in my lap, bring your poo bear, come be nervous in my lap. And, and you know, in five minutes when this thing has passed, well, you won't even remember it. And so as you're bringing your offerings to the bucket, as you're hitting the button on your phone, and there would be something in your spirit that says, whoa, you know, what if you need that? What if you need that money? What if, you know, you got to buy a tire next week because such and such and I would, I would encourage you to just lean into the Lord saying, nothing's wrong. Ever, like, they're testing the equipment. It's okay to be nervous. But uh, as we just go throughout the rest of our worship service, just, man, we serve that kind of God. We serve the kind of God that when we say, I won't bow to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you. And if that puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too man, we have a God that cares so deeply and has experienced the feelings that we experience. Man, that's wonderful. Lord, we just bless the rest of this time. Bless this offering. Bless our worship. If the mountains were where you hide Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side Oh, how long have I chased rivers From lowly seas to where they rise Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply Cause in the highlands and the heartache You're neither more or less inclined And I would search and stop at nothing You're just not that hard to find I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet are So 
I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands and the heartache all the same. Does your kindness extend the path from where your feet rest on the sunrise to where you sweep the sinner's path? And oh, how fast would you come running if just a shadow me through the night? Trace my steps through all my Walking out the other side For who could dare ascend that mountain That valley hill called Calvary But for the one I call Good Shepherd Who like a lamb was slain for me I will praise you on the mountains and I will praise you when the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray I will praise you on the mountain 
I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. The highlands and the heartache all the same. So now, you know, nowadays we have mountains and we have valleys emotionally. But God promises one day to make all crooked ways straight, to humble the mountains and exalt the valleys so we may run and not trip, not fall. You know, a lot of people look at me and says, you're, you know, you're not emotional, but I, you know, I don't express emotions. <laughs> I don't like emotions, but, you know, inside, I still have those mountains, those valleys. I still have to, you know, when I'm in the valley, still be able to see God. You know, when I'm in the, in the mountain, I still need to see my humanity. And so we can worship God at any place at any time, in any situation, no matter what is going on, because God has not left us abandoned. Jesus says, I will not leave you as an orphan, but he sent the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Even if, even if that truth means we have to walk through the valley, what I call the shadow of doubt. Scripture says a shadow of death, but doubt leads to death. And even when we have great faith, you know, when we go to bed, many times I wake up and I'm going, where did that faith go? But you just keep on waking. You just keep on following. So let's go to a God who hears our prayers and answering them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are a God that hears. You are a God who's moved to compassion. You are a God who sees us when we're in the valley. And you are a God who sees us in a tree and on the mountain, Lord. You're a God that sees us under the mountain, Lord. You're a God that sees us wherever. There's no place that we can be that you don't see and that you don't know and that you don't understand and that you don't you know, comprehend, Father, and that you don't have compassion for, Lord. So we thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your love. And we do worship you and praise you, Lord, at all times and all places, Father, because you're faithful and you are true. It is written on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody can take a seat. So good morning, Victory Life, Chandler. Uh, um, first thing I'm going to do is going to, Pastor Steve is in South Korea. And so he wanted to say hi, and so we have a video to roll. Can you go ahead and roll that? Good morning. I wanted to bring you some announcements this morning. Three in particular. One, that Pam and I are out uh, this Sunday. We are in Korea visiting our son who is getting married next weekend and we wanted to be a part of that and so we appreciate you letting us go and do that. I want to remind you that June is an opportunity for service. We're going to be at God and People's Pantry which is on Joe Long Drive. Good morning. I wanted to bring you some announcements this morning. Three in particular, one, that Pam and I are out uh, this Sunday. We are in Korea visiting our son who is getting married next weekend, and 
we wanted to be a part of that, and so we appreciate you letting us go and do that. I want to remind you that June is an opportunity for service. We're going to be at God in People's Pantry, which is on Joe Long Drive across from the football fields, kind of behind some of the city facilities there. Uh, it's an opportunity for weekends every Saturday from uh, from 9 o'clock till about noon, and it's an opportunity for your family to be involved in helping people in this community, uh, doing part of the kingdom work of that God's doing in central Oklahoma. Um, we'll be each Saturday from 9 to, to 12. Uh, the doors are open 10 till noon, and we will uh, we'll help some people that really need it. Um, lastly, uh, sign up for camp. Kids camp, you can find a sign up on the flow page. If you don't know about the flow page, there's a QR code out in the entryway that you can uh, follow the link for that and get and get the flow page and it's a, it's just our announcements for the day. Uh, there will also be some information in the newsletter on that. So we want to just say God bless you and hope you have a great day. Pastor Lee, my friend from Durant, Oklahoma, Lee Armstrong will be bringing the message this morning. God bless you all. All right, so we are a church, not just uh, in a city, but for a city. And the best way to be a forest city is be out in the city and not just behind four walls. You know, Scripture says that Jesus went around doing good and, and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. And tell you what, you know, poverty, if you don't got enough food to put on your table, that's oppressive. It doesn't matter how you got there in a situation, it's just plain oppressive. So we can be that light in this city. We can be that salt in this city and, and, and minister to people on, on, on these Saturdays. I um, also wanted a, a June, June uh, Greenfield. Uh, he fell yesterday and broke his hip, so he has surgery today, I guess at noon. So keep him in prayer. He usually sits back here. Um, let's see him. And I also want to say that if you don't know, that this is a non denominational uh, church. We do have autonomy here, but we're not an island to ourselves. You know, we believe there's something bigger. We, we believe through Scripture that we need to give to something bigger and be part of something bigger. So we're part of Victory Life out of Durant. And we've got one of the, uh, the elders from uh, Durant and, and, uh, um, today. And I'm going to introduce here after, afterwards. So, uh, so let's go get some donuts, some coffee, whatever you need to do. And um, what does Pastor Steve do? Break. <laughs> Welcome back. So we got a guest speaker uh, for us today. We had him a few weeks ago, and he often visits this church a lot because he's one of the um, the life coaches of Pastor Steve, and so we greatly appreciate him. You, you know, he's been with uh, Victory Life in, in Durant for a long time, so he's very solid on his teaching, very solid in the fruit of the Spirit, very solid in his love for us, and... Uh, and I, I know him because I have personal connection with him. Uh, I go down to Durant as an assistant pastor, and, oh, and so I can be a better service to everybody here, you know, learn how to be more emotional, <laughs> and, uh, learn how to communicate, and, 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 and make sure that my heart is, you know, in the right place. And, and one of the, uh, Pastor Lee Armstrong is also an author here. It's one of the books that I have called Ministry of the Armor Bearer, and this is a special, you know, book to me because when... Probably the first year that I got saved, I had a dream. The Lord began to show me. He said, "Jeff, you're you're a sheepdog, you know, for a shepherd." 
And because I didn't know what an armor bearer was, and I hadn't been exposed to that teaching yet, but I knew what a, you know, a sheepdog was, you know, was the, the prey and to protect, you know, the pastor from some things. And so that's kind of what I do with Pastor Steve here is, is I, I pray for him and help that he has, you know, the insight and understanding and, you know, and the, and the patience and everything else on that. So, but, you know, we're all armor bearers. We should all be armor bearers. We should all be lifting up um, our pastor and, and, and praying. I mean, why come to a church, you know, come to a church if we're not going to lift them up, if we're not praying, you know, God, give them a word in due season, you know, help them to be, you know, the best he can be and help them not fear man, but only fear God. So he can give a message that can change our lives. I mean, he is one that scripture says that he is watching over our souls. So why wouldn't we want to pray for him to be at his best? And to be in tune with God. So I recommend, you know, this is on, available on Amazon. Uh, Pastor Lee also has several other books on there. It's a, a fast, fast read, but it's, it's, it's very good on, on uh, learning how to pray for those in authority. So I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Lee. books on the internet because they're not all in one spot but if you went to leespeaks.com all seven books are available there encourage you to take a look at that mark chapter four let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for your word and the ability of your word to transform us into the image of christ we thank you father god for giving us ears to hear what the spirit of the lord is saying father god we're open and attuned we thank you for your moving in our lives in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 4, very familiar, very familiar passage. If you've been in the ministry at all, you know about the sower sowing the seed. But I want you to look at verse 13. And we're going to read it because they were asking him to explain the parable. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? It's a really nice way of saying that the parable of the sower sowing the seed is a key parable. It's paramount for you to understand what's going on here so you can understand the rest of the parables. It's really important when you understand that Jesus said, if you don't understand this, you'll struggle with all the other things. I don't know if, it's, if I can simplify it like this, but everything is connected to sowing and reaping. Everything. It works everywhere, all the time, for everyone. It is impossible to sow a peach seed anywhere and get an apple tree. Absolutely impossible. You sow peach seeds, you get a peach tree. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. And everything you and I do is sowing seed. How we treat people, how we handle money, how we raise our kids, how we deal with the lost. Everything is a seed that we sow. And it's really, really important that we understand some things. I've been in this... About 42 years now, and God keeps showing me new things out of the simplicity of these scriptures. And so I want to share just a few of those with you. Mark chapter 4, let's start with verse 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. So... The first problem we see with the seed 
is that it didn't actually get in the ground. The ground was too hard. And so we need to ask ourselves, what's our response to God's word if this is an issue? If this is a problem, and it's a problem, if the seed doesn't even get into the ground, and we know from the explanation of this parable that that ground is our heart. If our heart is so hard that it won't let the seed get down in it, then the birds will come and steal it and you won't reap the benefit of that seed. So the first thing that we have to do is to realize with God's word, you and I need to say receptive. We need to continue to receive from the word of God. Now let me just explain that for just a little bit. When I said to you, we're going to go to Mark 4, the sower sowed this seed. How many of you, don't raise your hand, it's a trick question. How many of you said, oh, I know, I know that one. I've been here. I know what he's going to say. That is a very dangerous place to be. Because it doesn't matter how many times you've heard something. If you have a heart to hear, the Lord will show you something new. Even if it's explained the same way it was explained before. That's what I mean about having a receptive heart. That no matter how many times you've heard it, be willing to let the Lord show you something new. He says, the seed is sown, but it never got into their heart. The enemy stole it before it was able to be received. Now, your first act on this planet as a human being, the very first thing you did when you were brought into this world was receive. Before you could cry, you had to inhale air. So your first act as a human being Being born into this world was to receive the breath of life. As a Christian, your first act as a Christian is to receive the breath of life. You and I have to have an attitude of, if I've heard this three times, maybe it's because I didn't hear what the Lord wanted to tell me the first two times. Right? So we need to stay open to what God is doing and what God is saying. I went to dinner last night with some friends and we ordered our food and then it came to the table. Now, at first view, you would say you received your meal. But how many of you know you don't actually receive it till it's in you? You could receive your medicine from the pharmacy, but if you don't take the medicine, it can't help you at all. You can receive your food at the table, but till you actually eat it, it can't help you at all. Can I tell you, there are a lot of Christians who will hear what I'm saying, hear what others are saying, hear other pastors, hear other podcasts. They have received that word, but just like the food at the table, unless you get it in you, unless it starts having an effect on you, you haven't actually received it. Thank you for your thunderous applause. See, we need to understand, again, I spoke last time, and everywhere I'm speaking, I'm beginning to push back on, we hear a lot of things. We receive at a certain level what's being said. But until it actually gets in you and begins to change you, you really have received it at only the first level. And we need to receive the Word of God into our lives so that it changes us. So that it causes a response in us. Now, everybody here has taken medicine at one time or another in their life, I'm pretty sure. 
But if the doctor gives you 60 pills and tells you to take them until they're gone, if you stop taking them at 30, what's going to happen? You're going to remain sick because the pills weren't taking long enough for them to have the, the medicine doing what it needs to do in your body for you to actually be well. So there's a scripture that says, joy doeth good like a medicine. Some of you need an IV. <laughs> Listen, God intended for us to enjoy our life, to enjoy our spouse, to enjoy our children, to enjoy one another, to enjoy nature. You know, joy is one of those things that if you don't have it, all that's left is sorrow and stress and pain. So we need joy. But when do you take medicine? Do you take medicine when you're healthy or when you are sick? You take it when you are sick. He says, joy doeth good like a medicine. We need joy when the enemy tries to tell us we need it the least. When we've lost something precious to us. When we've lost our job. When we've lost a loved one. When we're going through struggles. We, we feel bad. So what do we need? The medicine of joy. And we need to be able to receive that. You know, God puts people in your life just to help you laugh. People are funny. And I'm just not talking about just looks. I mean, people are fun. And people will help you enjoy life. So God puts people in our lives to help us receive those things that will help us get through the hard times. But we have to be willing to stay receptive. You may have heard this particular message 50 times, but maybe God wants to show you one thing new. That's why you have to stay open. And you know what? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to teach somebody something. You can learn from people that aren't even saved. You can learn from five-year-olds. Tell you a story. My, my daughter, when she was really little, she couldn't have been eight years old, um, she asked about, because she had a horse, if horses go to heaven when they die. All kids want to know their pets go to heaven, right? And I, I, I don't want to lie to my kid, but I, I, hon, I don't know. I, I just don't know about, about animals in heaven, all that kind of stuff. She said, isn't Jesus coming back on a white horse? <laughs> well, there's at least one horse in heaven. Maybe your horse will change color when he gets there. I don't know. So there's some problems with receiving in our generation, and I just want to speak to a couple of them. One of those is there's a real danger to gather people around you who agree with you. When we think a particular way, when we have a particular concept, we just want to invite people into our group who think just like us. But all the sheep go off the cliff together if there isn't somebody saying, wait. So we need to be careful not to just gather people around us who agree with us and the way we think. If you can't defend your faith, you need to get stronger in it. Right? Okay. If you get quiet, I'll come right at you. I know me. We shouldn't need a t-shirt for people to see that we're saved or not. We need to be different just in how we live life. Then what I'm finding is there's a generation that trusts Google more than they do God. They Google answer to things instead of going to the word of God. That's a problem. You know, if you're listening to Oprah and Jerry Springer, 
more than God, you might have an issue in your Christian life. Yeah, okay. I think I'll leave that there. Here's another problem that I have found is that a lot of people think they're in submission when they're really just in agreement. Now, I'm going to pick on the women. I could pick on the men if that'll help. But women feel like they're in submission when they let their husband buy the new van. But they're just in agreement. They're not in submission until they let him get the motorcycle. Thank you for laughing. See, there are a lot of people come to church and they say, I'm in submission to my pastor. So why do you leave? Because you disagree with something. See, you really weren't in submission. You were just in agreement. As soon as you disagreed with something he said, you're gone. That's not submission. Submission isn't submission till you disagree. I'm going to tell you the word of God will smack you right between the eyes. And we got to do what the word of God says versus our own feelings. So we need to be willing to receive from the Lord even the things that are hard. Like tithing. Tithing can be hard. Yeah, I'm going to come right at you. Money is just a test, beloved. It's all it is. Money's neither here nor there. The Bible says that it's the least of these things. In the world, it's the most of things, but in the scriptures, money's just a test. And all it does is test what's actually in our heart. Some people, bless our hearts, if I won the lottery, I'd pay off the church. You're kidding yourself. If you don't tithe, you won't give that money to the church. When you get it, you'll buy a yacht. And you'll go to Hawaii until it's all spent, and then you'll be broke. Because if you don't know how to handle money now, you're not going to handle it when you win the lottery. So many people who have won end up in more debt after five years than before they had the money. Because money's not the problem. Not knowing how to handle money is the problem. Yeah. Smoke that for a minute or two. (laughs) Put that on your refrigerator. We need to be willing to submit to what God's way is versus our way because his way is better than our way. God's desire and design for your life is better than anything you could want for yourself. So first, we need to stay receptive. Verse 5. Some of the seed fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately sprang up, but because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched And because it had no root in with it, it withered away. So we must be rooted and grounded in Christ. This is an issue I'm concerned about in the body of Christ. Is that we love God for planes and trains and all the good stuff. But what about when things get hard? I'm watching a generation that thinks God's a slot machine. You put in your prayer... Pray in faith and you get what you want. And God becomes our butler instead of our buckler. We need to be rooted and grounded in Christ that we love God for who he is, not for just what he can do. We need a depth of faith that gets us through the hard times. Anybody can serve God when you got money in the bank and you got your health and your kids are saying yes and amen. It's another thing when life throws you a curveball or a wrecking ball. And I'm watching... People grow up who they know all about grace, but they don't know anything about truth. And when reality hits them, 
This is one of those things that surprises me the most, is we're surprised by death these days. As if somehow we could have enough faith that our loved ones are not going to die. Well, pastor, I'm believing for 120 years. Okay. Do you know anybody that's made it? See, the truth is somewhere between now and 120 years, we're going to meet our maker. And it doesn't matter how much faith you have, it's appointed unto every man once to die. And if we don't have a faith that will get us through that, it's going to rock our world when we lose our loved ones. Now, I'm not saying it's ever easy. But to walk with this idea that somehow medicine is going to get us to a place where we will not die is incredible. Because then when we face death, we are shaken to the bone. We need to be rooted and grounded in Christ that when the economy goes south, we still trust God. When stuff happens in our world, we still trust God. We need to be rooted and grounded. The scriptures many, many times compare us to trees. And trees have basically two ways of being rooted and grounded. One of those ways is that it goes deep. There's a fig tree that they have found the roots 400 feet down the ground. They were literally drilling a tunnel and found these roots coming through the ground. And the fig tree was 400 feet up, its roots going clear down, 400 feet down. That's depth. We need a depth of faith that holds us when the winds of adversity blow. We need to trust God when we don't understand. Too many people, as soon as they don't understand a situation, turn on God. Because they don't have any depth of faith. It's all superficial. It's all because things are going my way. We need a depth that holds us when things get and go awry. The other way is a root system that goes wide. The sequoia tree, one of the biggest trees, doesn't actually go deep. It goes wide. But it goes so wide, one tree can have a root system that goes a whole acre either direction. And the reason those sequoias are able to stand in storms, even as tall as they are, because they don't have real depth, but they have width, is because they're connected to other sequoias. And their root systems entangle with one another. And so to pull one up, you've got to pull all the trees around it up. So my encouragement is this. Have at least four friends. So that when you winds blow this way, your friend back here can hold you up. When you go this way, your friend right here can hold you up. When you go this way, you get the point? Yeah, you need at least four friends. Friendships are one of those things God gives us to help us endure the trials of life. And he said, these seeds, they grew up immediately, but they didn't have any depth. These are the people who come to church and raise their hands, it's all good, till something happens. And then they give up on God. They throw in their faith. They throw in the towel. Can't trust God. I asked for a job and I got fired. But I know people who've lost their job, but because they trusted God, got a job with more money, less hours, better fringe benefits, because they just kept trusting God. You're going to have to learn how to go through hard things, because life in a fallen world is hard. We have scorpions. We have snakes. We have crooked politicians. 
We need a faith in God that holds us through all the craziness. I love the, fa- I love the story of his heart beating really fast, but he's sitting with you. It's going to be okay. Dad's got me. That's what we need. We need a faith that when our heart's beating real fast, we can run to the arms of the Father and know he holds us. Deep and wide. Deep and wide. Do you know it's the sequoias on the outskirts of the whole grove of sequoias? They're the ones that get taken out in a storm. The people who don't have strong connections, don't have strong relationships. Can I, can I tell you relationships are difficult? Write this down in your notes. People are crazy. But then next to it, make sure you write, but we be people. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're somebody's crazy. You're somebody's crazy. We all need people. And I know it's hard. Relationships and holding and maintaining relationships is hard. One man said, it's like nailing jello to the wall. It's difficult, but it's worth it. So we need to make sure we stay rooted and grounded. Verse 7. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. What's our response? What's our part? Is to make sure we stay focused. Can I tell you, that's the hardest thing I see happening today. We are so busy, and we're so distracted. Squirrel! Y'all don't see that? Some of you be sitting right here, and you know what? Your phone will go... What's it doing? Calling for your attention. We are so easily distracted. It's hard to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because you can actually go on your phone or laptop or whatever, and you're going to go find something about some scripture or whatever. And the next thing you know, you're watching some dog surf. You know I'm talking to you. Look at your neighbor say, he's talking to me. Yeah, he's talking to me. They know how to get you. They know how to get you off track. They know how to get your eyes off of faith and get your eyes on things that are fearful. Can I tell you, if you're watching the news for any length of time, you need to counter that with the word of God. Because it's just filled with fear and trying to get you to panic and trying to get you to a place where you trust the government to fix all your problems instead of trusting the Lord. We need to learn. This is not the first time this has happened in our world. Just look in history. The government's done this five or six times that we are very, very aware of. It says it didn't bear any fruit because it was choked out with all the distractions. So many Christians I'm connected to today are struggling in their faith, not because they don't love God, but because they are continually taken off track, taken away from. They start out looking for the Bible on the internet, start out looking for some answer scripturally, and they end up looking at something that brings fear and doubt and unbelief. Do you know, we have more knowledge at our fingertips today than any generation before us, and we're dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah. 
I might make some people mad with this, but I'm, it's just who I am. It frustrates me to no end for them to try to take away weapons because guns kill people. Because I've got guns in my closet that haven't moved in five years, let alone kill somebody. Somebody asked me if I had any hunting boots, and I said, nope, they just sit there in the closet too. They didn't know any hunting at all. (laughs) Guns are not the problem, beloved. The hearts of men are a problem, and until we deal with that, we're not going to fix this problem. We need to stop being distracted by things like that and keep our eyes focused because God wants to get us through and he wants us to be light in the darkness. We're not going to be light in the darkness if all we're intaking is the fear they're trying to cram down your throat. Yeah, okay. I'm going to move on because I can see this like... Verse 8. But other seed fell on good ground. Say good ground. ground. Fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, let me ask you something. This is one of those things that kind of makes me go, what happened here? Because we know the seed is good seed. He said it was good seed. It was good seed the whole time. It was good seed that that never made it into the heart of man. It was good seed that didn't have any root in of itself because it didn't have good ground, wasn't, wasn't watered well. There was good seed that was choked out by all the distractions. So this is, he said, it's good seed and it's in good ground, right? So this is a heart that's receptive. But why if it's good seed in a good heart, why doesn't it all yield a hundredfold? This is a problem. This causes my head to go, what's going on here? Because if it's good seed and good ground, shouldn't it all come up a hundredfold? Should. So what's the difference? Let me tell you what I, what I at least have come to a conclusion to. It's what they did with that word after it was sown in their heart. It was what, like, like when you sow seed for a garden. If you want that garden to produce, you actually have to take care of it. If you don't make sure it's watered when there's a dry season, if you don't make sure it has fertilizer if it needs it, if you don't make sure that the animals don't get to it, if you don't make sure that the weeds get pulled up, it won't produce all it was intended to produce. You have to take care of it. See, here's the thing. I don't don't want to point anybody out because I don't know enough to point anybody out. Even if I did, I wouldn't want to. But y'all will hear the same message today. And some will actually grow a hundredfold. It'll be like, man, that was awesome. That really helped me. I see some things I need to change, some things I need to work on. I need to make sure I'm not distracted by all these things. I need to make sure I get rooted and grounded, got good relationships. Some. But some will go, I clicked in my time today. I went to church. I listened to the message. Didn't really like it, but I went. Thank you, Lord. Click. And you may actually bear some fruit, but it won't be all that God wants for you. Why can some people come and hear a message and their entire life be changed and others come and they might as well have watched Field and Stream or SpongeBob or something? 
It's because what we do with that word after we receive it, do we actually think on it? Do we actually ask the Lord to show us where we might need changing in our life? You know, I've been doing this 42 years now. I've been doing this longer than some of you have been on the planet. And when I come, even here, and, and Steve is speaking, if you'll watch over there, I've always got my notebook. I'm always taking notes. I'm always writing things down. You know why? Because none of us are ever going to get to the place where we know it all. None of us are ever going to get to the place where we don't need to study anymore. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You will not find one scripture that even slightly alludes to the fact that you'll come to a place where you don't have to keep studying, where you don't have to keep growing. You and I ought to be learning until the time we close our eyes for the very last time. But I'm finding receiving once you get older, actually gets harder because you know some stuff. Some of you may be able to get up here and do a better job of this than I am. And so you could sit there and go, man, if I was there, I would do this and I would do that. Well, guess what? You're not here. I am. Thank you for your thunderous applause. So we have to stay receptive. We have to stay willing. We have to take what God has given us And be willing to do something with it. Scripture says this in James 1.23. Be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That's to this generation of podcasters. Yeah, they receive all kinds of information, but they don't do anything with it. I would rather somebody know one scripture and at least apply it to their life. They're the ones that are going to yield the greater fruit because they did something with what they were given. Can I tell you, I don't know Greek and Hebrew. I barely, I I slaughter the English language, let alone Greek and Hebrew. But I'm willing to use what I have. I'm not here because I'm better than anybody. I'm here because I said yes. You know what our world needs? Write this down in your notes. It needs you. God intends to change the world, not through an angel, but through you and I. The hope of the world is the church, beloved. That scares me. The only hope the lost have is you shining the light in their darkness. You being willing to, in love, maybe challenge their thinking. I was talking to somebody just the other day and they were talking about how we need to be more tolerant because these people really love one another. I get it. I really do. But you need more than love. The Beatles were wrong. All you need is love is not true. It didn't keep them together either. (laughs) Because here's the thing. If it's just about love, think about this for a second. We just need to... Again, I'm not ever in anybody's face, but I do challenge a lot of people because I've been told all all we need is love. Just let them go. Let them do their thing because they actually love one another. Well, the murderer loves murdering. Do we let him go? The rapist loves raping. Do we let him go? The thief loves stealing. Do we let him steal? See, it's got to be more than love, beloved. We need to be willing to at least challenge people's thinking. 
The only hope they have is for somebody to say there's a different way. Well, this is, this is natural. Listen, anything natural can reproduce after its own kind. It's simple. It's not hard. But the church doesn't want to offend anybody. Can I challenge that? Thank you. I was going to do it anyway, but thanks for the permission. Jesus challenged people everywhere he went. Jesus created revival and riot everywhere he went because that's what truth does. The most intolerant people on the planet are the people hollering we need to be tolerant. Just have a conversation with them. They'll prove me right. We need to be able to be used by God because that's his choice. And it doesn't take you knowing Greek and Hebrew. It just takes you being you in Christ. Can I tell you, just praying over your food is a witness. For you being happy and joyful in a world filled with depression and sorrow is a witness. I love the quote in Acts 10, 38. He says, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, you gotta, if you're, if you're spirit-filled, you've got to say that right. The Holy Ghost and power. And what, was, what did he do with that Holy Ghost and power? It says, and he went about doing good. That's the start. Then he healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good. So my challenge for you all today is to when you leave here, go do good. If you're going to go eat, be nice to the server. If you're going to be mean, tell them you're a Buddhist or something. Don't. Be nice to the server. Leave a great tip. If you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit, ask if there's something you could pray about. I'm telling you, God has used me so many times just to pray for somebody and then be so thankful because God later answered the prayer and they got to tell me about it at a restaurant, at Walmart. God will use you anywhere you're willing to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Amen. Let's go make a difference in our world. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you for the power of your word and its ability to change our lives. Father, I thank you that you indwell us. You walk with us wherever we go. The power of God is in us to make a difference in our world, just like it was with the disciples and the apostles, Father God. So today... Let us take that word that's been sown in our heart and let's go make a difference in our world by just doing good, being kind, being light in the darkness, walking in love where there's hate, being stability where there's chaos. And so, Father, I just thank you that we can make a difference not only in Chandler, but we can make a difference around the world from Chandler if we'll just be what you called us to be. So thank you for encouraging us today, Father God. Thank you for your word being sown in our heart. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, I just have one or two questions. I know most of you, so I, won't, I will not wait long. But is there anybody here who would say, Pastor Leah, I've never given my heart to the Lord. Some of you would say, but, but they're in church. Listen, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. So if you're here and you've never asked Christ into your heart, 
God just wants to make you a part of the family. Don't worry about what you got to let go of or what you got to do. He'll work that all out. He just wants you to be a part of the family where he can love on you, help you through the struggles of life, make you a part of something way bigger than you have right now. So if that's you, I'm only going to ask once. I don't want to beg anybody in. If you feel the Holy Spirit leading you, today's your day to give your heart to the Lord. I just need you to lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Is there anyone? Okay, that's what I thought. So you've had that opportunity. You'll never be able to stand before God and say, it wasn't offered me. So if the Lord challenged you through the different kinds of seed and the different kinds of, or the different kinds of hearts, and there was something that the Lord spoke to you, you might need to work on. Maybe you need to be a little more receptive to the Word of God. Maybe you need a depth and a width to your faith that you don't have right now. Maybe you need a greater focus on the kingdom and not so much on the world. Maybe you just need to do a little more with what God has given you, whatever it is. If you've been challenged and you just want prayed for, that the Lord will give you grace to grow in that area, would you just lift up your hands and pray for me? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for honest hands. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for everyone that raised their hand, Father God. Thank you for their hearts. Lord, I raise my hand with those that raised theirs. I want to be used better. I want to be used greater. So, Father, I just thank you that your desire is that we would have impact in our world, that we would be the light in the darkness. So thank you as we leave here, Father God, that we would go out of here as children of God, anointed of God with the Holy Ghost in power, and that we would do good and we would bring healing to the hearts and bodies of mankind. Lord, we thank you for it and we praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you are early. You might even beat the Baptist there today. Way to go. Love you all so much. Go change your world. <laughs>